Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Episode 386, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Today, we are going to be more positive. Today's a day of positivity. I can feel it. Can you feel that, Craig? I can feel that. Yeah. You feel that? You feel that? I had a great sleep last night, by the way. Did you? Yes. It's important, they say. They say it's important to have good night's sleep. Why? Why did you have Um, such a good night's sleep? It is the fourth. And uh, yeah, I haven't had a drink in like a week. Just drying right out. Just had an unbelievable holidays, Christmas, the whole shoot match. And you uh, need about another 18 months to be dry. I'm listen. I'm I'm I I went to the gym. Went to the went. gym the other day. Went to Again, a gym in your this is the first time. No, not in the basement. That's this a, is the first time I've been to a gym ever? that has gym equipment and bikes and treadmills. It's the first time I've been there since I've retired. And I did just very light. Very lightweight. I did a whole bunch of things, whole bunch of things. I rode the bike for 25 minutes, um, basically turned the pedals for 25 minutes. And then I did a workout with probably 10 or 12 things, but just very, very lightweight. And right now, Petey, I am. Scale of one to 10. How sore are you? Six. Six. So yeah. you didn't work out because right. I went really light. When I say light, it, it, it's kind of like, wow, what what are you doing? But uh, I I don't want to be a hero. I am not, um, you know, a professional athlete a- anymore. I don't pretend to be that person. But I wanna I want to try and um, get into uh, better shape and feel better. And uh, you know going to start eating eating different i don't want to change my life i'm not this isn't that don't diet. shrink too much you don't want that sweater you got on there to not fit anymore you like the sweater don't you you like this sweater don't you i like the sweater but i also like how it fits like a wetsuit what are you talking about <laughs> such an idiot man I'm trying to go in a positive direction here about my that body and now all of a sudden you're tearing me down already and we haven't even started <laughs> But no, I feel good. I had a great night's sleep and we are going to be super positive because there's a lot to be positive about with this hockey team. Okay. Well, we're not just talking Sabres. I don't want to get into Sabres right away. Did Zucker deserve three games for that hit on Cousins? Um, This is amazing because uh, I didn't know Zucker got three games for it. Um, Before I answer the question, how many games did Cousins get? Zero. What do you mean? I just told you he got zero. So you have, you have a player, you have a player on the other team that's on his knees. Cousins comes in and hits him. 
Did you see the hit? Yes, I did. How many did. times you watch it? Enough. Enough to know that Cousins deserved that from Zucker and more. You got a three-game suspension. He deserves the three-game suspension. Zucker deserves the three-game suspension. There is no question about it. He's a he's he's basically taking himself and retaliating off of what Cousins did, which was hit a player who is on his knees and hit him in the head and smash him into the boards. Two wrongs don't make a right. Zucker is going to go and he's going to get suspended for three games. And it's probably going to be a very gratifying three game suspension. And he's not going to give a shit because he would do the exact same thing again. If he had the opportunity because cousins is now the new rat of the national hockey league. Well, I'm going to take this a step further. And I think that George Peros and the NHL department of player safety is a fucking joke. It's a joke. I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for George Peros. I really do. But Nick Cousins drills Goodbranson. Goodbranson gets suspended for retaliating later. Nick Cousins drills this guy from behind. Then he gets hit from behind and flops. He folded like a sandwich. His back leg goes up. Like, give me a break. This was this was a full job. He drops down. He knows this guy, Nick Cousins, deserves to have his fucking head punched in. I'm sorry to say that. Does that sound too aggressive? Maybe it sounds too aggressive. But this guy here, you're telling me that what Zucker did is three-game suspension? That's an absolute joke. If the NHL and the officials could actually get the call right on the ice, none of this would ever happen. But the problem is guys like Nick Cousins get to go and take liberties on Eric Goodbranson. So Eric Goodbranson, who's one of the toughest players in the league, takes matters into his own hands. He gets suspended. When is the league going to learn that it's not it's not the players that are retaliating, it's the player that's being retaliated on? Zucker didn't just go do this to some random player. He went and did it to a player who has a history of this already in the last couple weeks. Yeah. It's a fucking fail. It's a fail by the league. And we talk about player safety. We talk about all these things. We don't need fighting. We don't need this. If you don't want fighting and you don't want this kind of shit, then have your refs call Cousins for five minutes for boarding on Goodbranson. Five minutes for for fucking elbowing this guy as he's going down to block a puck being shot out of the zone. Yep. I agree with all of it. Um, I will say at the end of the day... um, Zucker deserves to be suspended for it. I don't even know if it's a three-game suspension. It's a one-gamer. It's a one-game suspension. If you have to suspend him for this, it's a one-gamer. Okay, and I agree with that. He should be suspended. I don't think three games is appropriate. One game would be fine. I also believe that, uh, you know, Cousins, I mean, he's, uh, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, man. I mean, you're going to be dirty and cheap. You're going to have guys. He's not live by the sword, die by the sword. I'm sorry, because if he's live by the sword, die by the sword, after Zucker hits him and he's actually fine, by the way, this is a, this is a fucking. Did you see him go down? Oh, he knew the I hit was it. coming from Zucker. Yeah, that's what I, that it's, that's the, the one um, thing to note is he knew the hit was coming. Yeah. He braced himself. He got hit and he went down like he was murdered. Okay, and then his all shoulder sudden, hit the ice first. His what happened? Did he glass. leave the game after that? And then he flopped down. His glove comes off. Oh, oh! Did he leave the oh. game? 
Don't think so. Don't think he missed a shift. You brought up Tyreek Hill's house. What's that do to a player with the biggest game of the season coming up? Yeah. The first thing I thought of, just so people understand, the first, the very first thing I thought of, because I, I, uh, you know, I, I saw something on Twitter where there was blaze coming through the, the roof of his house. Smoke. The very first thing I thought of is I hope that everyone, uh, is, is okay. And it seems like every, everybody's okay. And we're not hurt by, by the fire, which is so the most let's important. Let's get on thing. to the speculations. Exactly. Now, now my thought is, what's your thought? Did, you want to talk about all his baby mamas that, uh, that are, uh, coming out. He's, Apparently, oh, uh, oh, you just told uh, me about that. Four kids in the last uh, in, in in a four month span. Wow, good! For, like holy jumping man, guy is Superman. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, sperm. like, I started thinking to myself, how does this affect the game against the Bills? How do you think Buffalo? How do you think Tyreek Hill? is feeling right now trying to prepare himself because he has been injured. Okay. He has been banged up a bit in the last couple of weeks. It totally depends. It all depends. If the fire was a fluke accident and he has insurance, I don't think he gives a shit. I really don't think he gives a shit. He has insurance. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't, I don't, all I'm saying is, but if there's more to it, if something, if something happened, and this this was uh, this could have been prevented. Well, then maybe he's got a whole other psyche going into this. But otherwise, these guys are so rich. Gives a shit. It's just a house. It's just a okay. House. You say that. I think he, how much money does he make, Tyreek Hill? Uh, he makes a lot. I don't yeah. know. I, I would think, think he gives a flying fuck 15, about his house being on fire. Fifteen twenty million. I don't know. Okay. Best best player in the league in his position arguably yes i don't think he gives a shit i think he'll be i think he'll give him more it's not about reason. giving a shit this has nothing to do with the the, the okay. money this has nothing okay. to do with money okay. this has well, nothing I, to do with his uh you know i don't even know eight million dollar mansion in in miami that burns down i don't think he cares okay. i'm talking about he could went bring the team it, together could he bring the team they could be laughing about this yeah, yeah, they're 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 laughing about the damage of of your home. We don't know what burnt down. It could have been a, a room in the house that had all of his trophies and things like that, memorabilia that he had collected throughout his entire life. That's all burnt down. There could be an emotional um, attachment to you know stuff that went up in flames. All I'm saying is this has nothing to do with money. Because insurance and the money that he has, he he's got more than enough money to to fix the issue. I'm talking about the emotional side of things where he is trying to he is trying to get better because he is injured right now. Okay. He's not even practicing full. He has his house burned down. He has his wife and kids that he has to deal with. He has outside issues that he's dealing with. And he's got a game on Sunday that is massive. And it's not the money side of things. It's just the, you know, 
it's going to the football field, going to the field, getting his his uh, medical and dealing with the trainers and making sure that he is prepared. And then he's got to go home and deal with insurance people and deal with this, deal with that, you know, and it's, you know, finding a place where his family can stay while the damage gets done. Like there's a lot that goes into a, a, a situation like this. And I just wonder how the mental side of things for Tyreek Hill, because as a Bills fan, we need this game more than anything. And if he's clouded, if Tyreek Hill, who's one of their, he is their number one weapon on their team. If he is not a hundred percent because of the stuff that has is going through his mind, the mental fatigue that is being drained from him through this situation. I wonder how that's affecting him. That's all I was trying to think about. What about the team? Yeah, I it uh listen, I, I look at it I sidetracked, always, right? That, well, that I just are think they? Be, being or sidetracked. Maybe it takes the uh focus off the importance of the game for the rest of the players. All eyes are on Tyreek Hill and his house and, and his injury, and the team can just go about their business and get ready for the game. But I don't know, maybe that mindset isn't right. Well, here's the thing the players are gonna go to the uh, to the football field. They're going to do all of their stuff, run through their practices, everything. And then they're going to go into the locker room and, and, and talk with the media. And what are they going to be talking about? They're Not going to be bills. talking about Tyreek Hill. They're going to be talking anything but the football game. I think it's a distraction. It's a distraction for Miami, but it's not a distraction for the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Teams never give away information on injuries. Upper body, lower body. That's it. But the attorneys at Salino Law have a lot to say about dealing with injuries. If you're in a car crash and you have been injured, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. You watching World Juniors at all? Uh, Hell no. Do you know how many text messages I've had since uh, Canada got knocked out? It's un, it's un, I live in the States. I've been here for 16 years. It's unbearable. How many text messages I've got from American people, American uh, people that uh, love hockey, gloating and throwing it in my face. And they're asking me, literally 95% of them are like, did you watch Canada? I'm like, no, I didn't watch Canada. I don't like watching their B team. I don't like watching their B team. And they're like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I don't know. Um, you ever heard of a guy named Shane Wright? Shane Wright's not there. He's playing in the minors. He's been an exceptional status to play in the American Hockey League as a 19-year-old. He should be at the World Juniors. Seattle didn't let him go. You ever heard of a Connor Bedard? You ever heard of Connor Bedard? 
How's he doing in the NHL this year? Oh, that's right. He's 18 and he should be at the World Juniors. You ever heard of a guy named Adam Fantilli? No, you haven't heard of it. Well, you should because he just scored in the last game against the Sabres. Okay. Adam Fantilli is a monster. Canadian. Playing for Columbus. How about Zach Benson? Think Kevin Adams, the American, the American GM, Kevin Adams, American GM. If he was a, if he was a oh, Canadian GM. Is this okay? a conspiracy theory? It is Canada? a, I'm throwing this on <laughs> Kevin Adams for, for one minute. And if, if Kevin Adams was Canadian, Zach Benson would have went to the uh, world juniors. Okay. So that's four, four guys that I just named would single-handedly dominate, but I'm not done there. You ever heard of a guy named Kevin Korchinski? Kevin Korchinski is a 19-year-old defenseman that plays on the Chicago Blackhawks, drafted seventh overall. He is a monster. Five guys, five elite game-breaking players that would have single-handedly dominated this tournament. So don't sit here and give me this bullshit about how powerful the U.S. is or, or any other country. See what, see what I just heard right there from you? That's what I heard from every U.S.-born person that texts me about how great yeah, U.S. is. Yeah, I, Nobody I, said a word after I just mentioned those five guys. The, the U.S. is a monster right now. The U.S. is an, is an insanely powerful, powerful hockey team. I would be shocked if the U.S. does not win this. But the U.S. does not win this if those five players are playing on Canada, period. Canada would have walked through the entire tournament unbeaten and smoked everyone with those five, five players in the lineup. So come on, come on. We're talking about here sitting there shitting on Canada. Cause we, we got knocked out the first time in what 21 years. How long has it been that Canada got knocked out in the uh, quarterfinals? Everybody's gloating. Oh my God. Pierce. All the U.S. born people that text me. That's for you. Well, you can't tell me though that the fastest growing country in hockey, in my opinion, in terms of developing players is the U.S. And I cannot wait for the next international men's tournament, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether it's a World Cup, because I cannot wait to see Canada and the U.S. play. Yeah. In fact, they well, should listen. Just do, they should honestly. You want to grow revenue? You want to grow revenue? Have a summit series. I'm dead serious. Canada versus the U.S. I the I United States. I, I can in twenty years and, from now will dominate the world I stage. And, I cannot sit here and tell you that the U uh, Canada would beat the U.S. with certainty. Or what? In, 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 a, in a world... Uh, well, I don't care. A one-gamer, a four to seven. I don't know. Well, you'd say the same thing about Sweden. No, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would. I think you would. I don't know Sweden's that I would. A, Sweden's a monster. So is Finland. Like, I mean, the game of hockey has, has taken off in a big way. Um, Canada and Russia dominated 
you know, the world hockey stage for generations. Okay. And now you're seeing a very, you're seeing a massive change. The United States, the Miracle on Ice, what, what year was that? Miracle on Ice. 1980. Herb Brooks, 1980. Miracle because they won. But I'll tell you this, the United States is going to take over the game of hockey. There are more kids playing high-end hockey in the United States than ever in the history of the game. Best goal scorer in the game today is from fucking Arizona. Yeah. That's yes. that's where you create <laughs> yeah. a problem. When you have a country yeah. this size and now you're starting to develop players in areas that never had ice for the first 55, 60 years of the NHL's existence. Yeah. You're going to have kids coming from Vegas. You have kids from Florida. Look at Johnson on what? our team. Ryan Johnson's from Anaheim. Anaheim. What? What do you mean they play hockey in Anaheim? Well, guess what? They're pumping out. Dallas. Dallas is pumping out hockey players. California, pumping out hockey players. Florida. Gavin Brindley, if you're watching the World Juniors, if you enjoy watching the World Juniors, Gavin Brindley is from Florida. I played right. against, I coached against this kid. I coached against half of the team that's on the U.S. right now. I know all of them. Rucker McGordy, who's the captain of the team. He played for De in Detroit for Honeybake. Um, I remember you talking about him years ago. I'll give you a great story about Rucker McGordy. He is the, he is the uh, captain of the, the U.S. World Junior Team. So I went to uh, my team here at the Buffalo Junior Sabres, went to the Silver Sticks. It's a very prestigious tournament in Ontario. They're hand-picked teams from all over, over North America. It's basically the top teams that are hand-picked to go to a tournament. So we get to this tournament, and we fire through the entire tournament. We beat the number one ranked team in Ontario, the, the, the uh, junior Canadians. They were the number one ranked team. We beat them four, one in the semifinals. Okay. We go to the finals against the number one ranked team in North America. They're called the honey bake. Okay. This team was the number one ranked team in North America. Rucker McGordy, there's multiple players that are on the U.S. team were on. Lane Hudson was on the team, Rucker McGordy. Um, but anyway, so I, I had a game plan. I had a game plan. I knew that Rucker McGordy was one of the most incredible elite hockey players, young hockey players. This is 14, this is 14 year old hockey. He was, he was, um, extremely extremely hard to 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 shut down but i put my two best defending defensemen and i put my three best defensive forward and i don't even call them defensive forwards because they were insanely good offensively too okay i put five kids against rucker mcgordy every time he touched the ice I was going to shut down Rucker McGordy in hopes that my other lines would have the ability to outscore their other lines, which I felt very comfortable with that. We lost 
that game eight to one. Rucker McGordy had seven goals and one assist. We went into the locker room after the first period, after a flood, Rucker McGordy had five goals. I walked in, I looked at the kids, and we just all started laughing. I'm not even joking. There was so much tension. So much kids almost were so distraught and ready to cry because they knew that they had just failed at their attempt to do what they needed to do, that the ice needed to be broken, right? And I just started laughing, put a big smile on my face. I said, well, that didn't go as planned. And the kids just all broke out laughing. I said, listen, we're, we're, now, we're now just going to take this period by period, shift by shift, Let's enjoy every single minute. We've done amazing things up to this point. But guess what, boys? This game's over. We're not coming back. We're not going to win this game. We're not going to win the game. We have lost the silver stick. But we're going to play with integrity. We're going to play with hard work, and we're never going to quit. That's what this team does. Not, we do not quit. And they went out, and they worked their asses off, and we ended up uh, getting beat 8-1, to one, and Rucker McGordy had seven goals and one assist. I hate that kid. Yeah, I wonder what goal song he's going to pick in the NHL. <laughs> oh man, for sure. Yeah, it. Uh, he's having no. a great year at University of Michigan. He's had. I mean, his rookie year last year at Michigan, he played thirty nine games. He has eighteen goals, twenty one assists. This year in thirteen games, he has six goals, twelve assists. So, and he's. Yeah. A, we talked about this team yesterday. He's a Winnipeg Jets draft pick. He so, is. I think he was. What, what was he drafted? Thirteenth overall. Fourteen. 14 overall. And and the funny thing is, Rucker McGordy, if you go back to the NHL draft, I think in the rankings, he was ranked around 25th. I remember. Can I tell you something? This is why I remember you mentioning that name. You said, I remember you saying, if the Sabres can get Rucker McGrory, get, get him. I remember you mentioning that. You even mentioned taking him at nine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, what Rucker McGordy has is he's a winner. And I hate him for it, but he's a winner. Everything that he has done throughout his youth hockey. Now, granted, he has been surrounded by some of the most elite kids that play on the same team that go out and they win spring tournaments and they he plays in an all-star team during the winter in Detroit for Honeybake. But... This kid exudes winning. He knows how to win. He knows pressure. He knows every single team that he's ever played against. The game plan is to shut down him. And they can't. That's how good he was. He was off the chart. He found ways to elevate not only his game, but he elevated everybody around him. And that's why I think he's a special player. You know, you can see there's a reason why he's the captain of the US World Junior team. It's because he's a he's a he's he's a he's infectious. He's infectious. He loves the game of hockey. He lives the game of hockey. He's a good kid. He's a good person. I hate him. I'm going to say it again, <laughs> but it's only because he he's he's special. He's brilliant. 
And, uh, you know, the last game that he played, he scored three goals. I don't know if, uh, you know, if you, if we mentioned that, but in his last game, he scored a hat trick. Um, he's, he's a special player. He's a hell of a player. And, uh, the world going back to the world juniors, the United States is going to take over hockey in, in, uh, 15, 15 years, 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say a lot of it's going to have to do with, you know, a guy that I was just going to mention, cause I said the best goal scorer in the league right now is from Arizona. Matthews yeah. scored his 30th goal last night. It's 30th goal. He has eight consecutive 30 goal seasons, uh, all time leaf leader. I think seven was the highest. I think it was Rick five. And then, uh, uh, I can't remember who the other one was, but it was seven and six. I think it was. And then he just, he has eight consecutive 30 goals. He's on pace for like 70 goals. I think, um, how many goals does he have in his career? Because I, I saw a statistic on this uh, on the TV and they were showing Austin Matthews at the same age as Alex Ovechkin. And at the time they're, they're, they're damn near almost identical at the same age. So it's when you really think about it, you know, I didn't think anybody would even come remotely close to Alex Ovechkin and what he's done throughout his, what is it? 18, 20 years of his career. Close. But Austin Matthews, it's about longevity. It's about, it's about staying at an elite level for, for almost 18 to 20 years. And, um, do I think that Austin Matthews will be able to do it? No, I don't. I, I, I think, I think when you think of Alex Ovechkin, I, he fascinates me. He, he really does fascinate me when I think of Alex Ovechkin and how many goals that he has scored. Like you just said, you just Matthews mentioned to the, me. I think Matthews is a better goal scorer than Ovechkin. Austin Matthews scores from everywhere. He scores from everywhere. And I'm not saying Ovi, Ovi probably has the, the most amazing goal in the history of hockey against the Arizona Coyotes that Gretzky was coaching, you know, where he slid and he put the went on his back. It and, might be one and, of the most amazing goals that we'll ever see in our entire life in the NHL. I don't care. You can give me a Michigan yep. all you want, but that is just, yeah, that is a different. Is, the mission is getting boring. It's getting boring, but Austin Matthews can score from anywhere. He can score from a slap shot from the, I've already said this before on other shows, but he scores from the goal line. He scores from the other goal line in front of the net, the slot. He scores from all over the place. Yes, he has, he's key on that one-time side. I get that. Nice and low, almost like between the top of the circle and the bottom of the circle. He can yeah. even go lower than that. He can go like almost closer to the goal line and find the inside of that post, but he can score from anywhere. I think he's a better goal scorer. I didn't say he scores. Mm, he's a better player. Let's let's not get uh, I don't ahead think, of ourselves. I don't think Matthews is a better player than Ovi, maybe. Like, yes, he is. Just, I just liked Ovi's. You know why I talent, like Ovi? The talent level of Austin Matthews is far superior than Ovechkin. Don't um, tell me that Austin Matthews is a better goal scorer. because But Ovi's more exciting to what watch. What the hell are we talking about here? But Ovi's more exciting to watch. He was yes. a wrecking ball, and he wanted to hurt guys. Anyone that questions Ovechkin's desire to injure, it's it's there. He wanted to hurt players, okay? Not by fighting, and he could hit like a truck. So we played on the edge. Matthews doesn't play on the edge. Yeah. If if we're going into a game seven, I don't know who I'm going to take, quite honest with you. I might take Ovi. A game seven for what? 
anything. If we're going into a game seven, Stanley Cup. Talking about a guy who friggin' doesn't even can't even make the playoffs with his team. What are you talking about? Talking about a game seven with Austin Matthews? Are you on crack cocaine? What are we what what are we talking about right now? Well, you're comparing him to Ovi, right? I'm comparing him to Ovi. You're the one who said, well, you know, if I was in the game seven, I'd be, I don't even know who I'd take. What are you talking about, man? The guy has missed the playoffs, literally the playoffs for how many years? Or sorry, sorry, sorry. I take this all back. He has got knocked out in the first round for how many years? He hasn't shown that he is a full-fledged playoff performer. You can't sit here and tell me that you're going to take him in a game seven. Are you like, what? All right. I'm just talking about from the offense offensive standpoint, because you can't put all of that on Matthews. I think that's unfair. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think, you're I think right. that's that's completely unfair to, to say that. I mean, maybe his team hasn't done a job, done a good enough job surrounding him with the right player to help him offensively lead this team yeah. to a game seven. So, you know, that's, that's not fair to say. Well, maybe but, that's because his uh, Brinks truck was too big over the course of uh, all those years. I don't know. Maybe that, that could be the reason. You can score all these goals in the regular season, but Alex Ovechkin, if he didn't win that cup that year, the only thing he would have is his goals. That's it. That's it. I said this yesterday about Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, I don't want to get into it, but could go down as the greatest player to never win if he doesn't win. And it doesn't have to be in Edmonton. I'm just saying, period. Mm-hmm. But if he, if Connor McDavid wins at the end of his career, putting up 65, 70 points as a 39-year-old player, that's that's great to get your taste of victory. But I think in order for his legacy to be defined, it has to be done in a year where it's dominant, where it's a Calder, it's a Conn Smythe Trophy type playoff and all of it in order for his legacy. So is Austin Matthews in the, in the same boat on, on that? Goddamn right. He is. He's actually the, the only thing keeping Matthews out from that discussion and spotlight is the fact that Connor McDavid hasn't even come close yet. It's not easy to win in this league. How old, what is the age when you start to get very, very concerned that Connor McDavid has not won a Stanley Cup. 29. 29? Yeah. 29. Really? Yeah. Especially you in think- Edmonton. Especially in Edmonton. If he's on the Rangers, I'd be like, fuck, if he doesn't win one by 25, like, look what Crosby did in Pittsburgh, but they had Lemieux. Lemieux could bring in any player. Look at the players they brought in. They're not going there to surround support Crosby if fucking Kyle Dubas is calling. Like you think Garen and Gonchar and you think uh um who's the the fitness freak over in Toronto there? Gary, uh, Gary Roberts. Roberts. I think Gary Roberts is going there. You think all these legendary veteran players are gonna go to friggin' Pittsburgh to help support a whiny rookie? Yes. You want to know why? Because they because they win. They have a pedigree in 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 uh, Pittsburgh. Whether you know, like you know, Pittsburgh. Well, then I guess we'll see. remember the, we'll the see. what was it? The igloo. Yeah, the igloo. Yeah, it's a freaking shithole. One of the, the only greatest thing holding that place up were the rats. One of the greatest action movies ever ever filmed was filmed at the igloo. 
It was called Sudden Death Overtime with Jean-Claude Van Damme. You remember that? When he ends up fucking, he ends up in net saving a penalty shot, I think, on fucking Luke Robitaille. <laughs> and then he looks yeah. up in the stands and he gives his kid the I love you sign and he kills the fucking mascot, Iceberg or whatever his name is. Oh, oh my God. My I can't God. believe. I, I, I don't even want to <laughs> I was go a, there again. I was a massive Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Like, you want to do Gretzky versus Crosby? Let's do Van Damme versus Steven Seagal. I mean... Now we can have a real debate. That's more my speed. Who That's would my... win? Who would win? Chuck Norris. Chuck John Claude. Chuck Norris is like Chuck Norris would get fucked by these guys. Big How time. about Rocky? How would Rocky do in his prime when he was guys are... like beating Drago in Russia and he came back and saw Jean Claude on the street and they got into a little fisticuffs? Who's coming out of that? Oh, Jean-Claude, man. Did you see him whoop Chung Lee's ass in fucking Bloodsport? Yeah. Yeah. With 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 the, the crushed pill thrown in his eye. Blind. Yeah. Yeah. That was you know? that, that was cheap. Some, that was some cheap of the there. worst acting in the history of acting right there when Van <laughs> Dam gets, gets the powder thrown in his fuck. He's like <laughs> Where are we? Let's get back on track here. What? Well, let's get back on track. I think Steven Seagal would kill Van Dam. Last thing I'll say about Crosby. See what he's doing this year? 21 20, goals. 21 goals. Still playing at an elite level. A lot of people have said he's been done. I think that people think you have to get 115, 120 points to be valuable. This guy is like, he has 20, what's he have? 39 points in 38 games. He's going to have 85, 90 points again this year, have 35 goals. Pretty special season. Pretty special season. Um, still playing at a super high level. He's 36 years old. Just an incredible hockey player all around with the way that he plays the game. And he's just not falling off. It's just I, I can't believe how how good these players are to stay on top like it's just it's miraculous they're not out of it either well either are the sabers the sabers no. aren't out of it no they're not out of it they're not but, out of it okay but i feel like there's a but coming they're just they're not consistent i mean listen if you can't win two games in a row you're either not is, either is pittsburgh Okay, that's fine. Pittsburgh sucks die hell, man. But they I have, have a question. They have 40 for you. points. That's fine. But which one, which team, which team's record is more excusable? Like if, if the Sabres Buffaloes. were sitting. Buffaloes. Is excusable? Absolutely. Okay. Oh my God. Thousand percent. Pittsburgh right now. In the Eastern Conference is, you know, they're they're ahead of Montreal, they're ahead of Buffalo, they're ahead of Ottawa, and they're ahead of Columbus. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they have Sidney Crosby. You have you've Genny Malkin, you have uh Chris Letang, the big three. Okay. okay. We have added, Tage Thompson. They, we have Alex Tuck. What do we mean, Tage Thompson? What has Tage Thompson won? Nothing. 
He has won nothing. What he's won? What has Jeff Skinner won? What has Dylan Cousins won? Paterka, Quinn. But event eventually they have to leapfrog over. So you're saying, saying, I'm saying there's more pressure. There's more pressure on Pittsburgh Penguins because they have pedigree. They have guys that are making a lot of money. You know, there's Eric Carlson got brought in. Eric Carlson had 25 goals last year and 100 points. But we're talking about two teams that are sitting out of the playoffs. Buffalo Sabres is is somewhat excusable. As a fan, I'm very angry that the Sabres are not in the playoffs. But here's the thing. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I don't want to go back over because this is happy day in Saberland. We're not going to talk negative, but there's a reason why the Sabres are sitting where they are because they did not do, they did not make their team better. Pittsburgh Penguins, inexcusable. They went out and got a guy who scored a hundred points. They were supposed to be better. They were supposed to be better than Pittsburgh this year. They were supposed to be better than Montreal. Says who? Says who? Says says the expectations in last year. How about that? Says the the they didn't make the playoffs play- last year. No, but that's that's my. Where are their point. expectations? Why why is there why are these massive expectations on the Buffalo Sabers? Because oh my god, they missed the playoffs by one point last year, so they're going to be ten times better the year next. No. Uh, Okay. They brought well, back the entire same the closer, team. We've I thought got, the, we've I got thought rookie goaltenders goal in the I lineup. I thought the goal was when you get closer and closer to the playoffs, the next step is to make the playoffs. Pittsburgh's older and older and older, and they brought back guys, and it was kind of like, why are they doing this? They should be changing things up and starting a fresh rebuild. And, and clearly, they they don't need to do that because their studs are still performing, but the, they're not in the playoffs. Now, they can make a late-season push, okay? This could be like one of those teams where why go kill yourself in the first half of the season when you can just stay in the hunt and then put your foot down on the second half of the season. Is Detroit Red Wings, who who was behind the Sabres last year, are they tinkering with their roster to make it better? Did they improve their roster? Did they make moves? Yes, significant yes, moves? Constantly, constantly. You're bringing in Debrinket. The year before that, they brought in uh, multiple players. You look at the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins last year lost Bergeron, Krejci, their number two, one and two center. They lost Orloff, one of their top defensemen. They lost Connor Clifton, who is sixth defenseman. They lost uh, Bertuzzi. They lost Taylor Hall. They lost Hathaway. They lost like eight players. What did they do? They went and replaced them with other players. Guess where they sit right now? They sit tops in the league. That's interesting. Every team, Ottawa Senators, are is Ottawa trying to improve their team? Are they making significant moves? Yes, they are. Everybody is making moves, significant moves. Except for Buffalo. Because we're just going to work and we're going to allow our young guys to get come and get build confidence and get better. Once you identify a core, now it's time for you to go out and surround the core who is probably young with some better players, some older players, some veteran players, the players that have been around the game that can support those guys. I mean, the Buffalo Sabres shouldn't have any expectations this year. 
Wow. They shouldn't because they didn't do shit to make the team better. Because I don't think that going into the season, they thought they would be where they are. Did our expectations go up when Eric Eric Robinson got here? Or were we going to pull out of the funk because we picked up a guy from the minors? No, no, there's no expectations on Buffalo. Buffalo has been has been uh, a, a sorry franchise for 12 years, and now we're in our 13th year, and we're very much in the same position. Now, Buffalo is not out of it. I don't deem Buffalo out of it. There, there's a lot of hockey still to be played. But they need to change something real quick. Don Granado's back from his illness, which is good news. Obviously, it's not serious. I wonder if you get a different view of the game when you watch it, maybe from home. You know, I wonder if he sees it from the perspective of the fans. For me, that he's very much, you very much get a different look when you're behind the bench and you're making the decisions and you have things going on. There's a lot of times that, you know, head coaches don't quite get to see everything because they're explaining things. They're going over things to certain players, um, trying to find line matchups that you'd like or dislike. Um, you're, you're basically, there's a lot going on for Don Granato throughout a game. And when you're at home and you're on in your bed or on your couch or wherever you're going to watch that game, you get to deflate and watch it from a different lens. And I think Don, uh, sitting at home probably, probably was able to really with, with, there's no emotional attachment because he's at home and able to kind of watch these games with, with a different emotional level. He gets to see things that he likes and dislikes. So, you know, one thing we didn't talk about yesterday when we talked about the Sabres calling up a coach, calling up Seth Appert from the minors. How do you think Don Granato felt about it? We were talking about the assistant coaches and everything. We were talking about, you know, what Kevin Adams was thinking, the players. We never actually talked about what Don Granato might have thought. Like, because you have to imagine there's, with with the way that the team has gone and things that have been said publicly through the media and us, okay, that there's some insecurity there. Right? Like, what if they could, what, like, like, for instance, someone tweeted out, I don't know who it was. Someone tweeted out, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could give them credit. After they beat Columbus at home and they were going into Ottawa, they said Don someone tweeted out and said Seth Appert has something has has a chance to do something Don Granado has only done once this year. And that's win back to back games. I don't know. Like uh if I'm the head coach, if I'm the head coach, you think Kevin Adams on- made that decision without Don Granado? Answer your own question. The answer is no. They made it collectively. I guarantee it. I think when Kevin was probably asked about why he's bringing up Seth Appert, I think that I'm pretty sure that he said, Don Don and I discussed this, and we thought that it was best that blah, 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 because 
uh, Seth Appert has the same system in the minors, and we thought it would be good for Seth just to focus on coaching and the other assistants just focus on their, you know, power play penalty kill and their meetings and stuff like that. And that's why we're doing this. So this is a, this is something that was discussed with yeah, Don Granato. Yeah, well, discussed. That might not be how it went. Might have been like, this is the decision we're making. Uh, you, you can't tell me that they're in sync with everything. There's no way. I don't know. I just, I think, I don't know. I just, I wonder. Certainly not trying to create anything. I'm just trying to ask. I was asking, what do you think Don Granado thinks? And I'm sure probably irked him a little bit. Who do you think's Watch, putting the team together? Watching his team go out there and, and beat Columbus. Kevin is putting the team together. You, are you sure on that? Or do uh, you have a coach? Or do you have a coach right now that basically wants to play a certain style? And he has a vision and he has a focus. And and both GM and coach, I think, work together on building the vision that they both agree well, upon. Well, if this is the coach's vision, then the general manager shouldn't keep coming out saying that we support our coach and all this. That, that's, that should not be the case because you can't support what we're seeing as a general manager. How is that possible? What general manager sits by and allows this to continue if this is the coach's vision? Yeah. Coach, coach doesn't run the organization. The general mm -hmm. manager does. What do you think the philosophy... What do you think the vision is of the GM slash coach? What do you think their their vision is right now? Speed. Speed. Okay. And how do they Offense. want their lineup Offense. to look? Skilled. Skilled. Highly skilled. But at what point in time do you start to surround some veteran players around these youthful hockey players? Well, it won't be, won't be this season. But they're not out of it. That's what not we can hang our, That's what we can hang our hat on. They're not out of it. They're not out of it. Thanks for listening to After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening.